Morning Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Ben Ennis, Frank Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sportsnet tonight has the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Ottawa Senators. And Brady Kachuk put up, shut up. I mean, has there ever been a more obvious candidate to score a goal in a hockey game? Also, because he's, like, really good. But then, like, Brady Kachuk, after being booed off the ice on mm-hmm. Saturday in a loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but then calling out the fans for booing his team off the ice and then standing by those comments, which, again, I enjoyed yesterday against uh, their provincial rivals, the most notable hockey team in all of the world yes. tonight most in valuable Toronto. as well. Franchise most, valuations Looking at them right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs, according to Sportico, number one uh, valued hockey team. Hate us because they ain't us. Yeah, shocker. The Leafs are valued yeah. the most. $2.65 billion dollars. Eclipsing the Rangers, who are only worth a paltry two point four. Do you have the lowest? Billion? Do you yes. have the lowest? I need that. I know what it oh, is, buddy. but I need the, yeah. the gap, the okay. gulf. So the Arizona Coyotes, obviously thirty-two, <gasps> worth six hundred and seventy-five million. Now they're twenty-three percent lower than the second less, <laughs> least valuable franchise, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are thirty-first at eight hundred and eighty million. Imagine paying six hundred and seventy-five million dollars for the Arizona Coyotes and having to still play in Arizona. Like I get it. Like if Jim Balsley, you know, yeah. once again, like Blackberry has a resurgence and in the he, news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, have you seen the movie? By the way, it's I, pretty good. I keep seeing the commercials for it, and I'll nah, keep my comments on that to myself. It's it's quite no, good. The, no, we're doing this now. The movie I need to see that apparently is out there is the guy who stars in Billions. Like, he played Rob Ford in a movie. And there's a very unsettling image of him with just, like, the face on, but he's walking around in his normal body. And, it, like, clearly it's terrible. It's never seen the light of day. But it's like, that's the movie I yeah. need to see. If, and, you, you probably don't need to see that one. Anyways, if Jim Balsley had his uh, many billions of dollars back again, and, yeah, he was able to take the Coyotes and move them somewhere that's not Arizona, I get how they could be worth a billion bucks. But, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's Imagine, paying almost $700 million for the Coyotes is currently constructed. Obviously, people do, like, you know, due diligence on deals of that regard. Imagine you didn't, and you're like, "Oh, okay." So we bought a like bought an NHL big four team. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna come fly in. We're gonna tour the <laughs> facilities. I'm really excited. What? <laughs> Five thousand seats. It's called Mullet Arena. It's yeah. a college rink. Man, uh, that's that situation just never ceases to be I mean, hilarious to me. Yeah, as following the Eastern Conferences, we mostly do, or yeah. as I yeah mostly do. Gotta say, like yeah, we watch plenty of, of Western Conference hockey, but can't say that I watched a lot of Coyotes games. No. Like that team is so out of they just don't exist. Out of They're sight, out, out of, of the mind. Ether. That's it. Clayton they, Keller. They, yeah, they do exist. Apparently, they're having a decent enough start to the season. But sure. I, okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> Logan Cooley. That's all I know. Logan Cooley, uh, Clayton Keller. Uh, yeah. Uh, Leafs. Yes. Much more pertinent in the NHL these days. There in is, all days. There is no debate about that. Trying to string together back-to-back victories, which is something I didn't <laughs> yeah, anticipate saying. why are we saying, saying it like that? <laughs> like, well, you're not wrong to say it like that. Oh, I'm yeah, saying I don't have any since October. I know. It's a uh, a bit of a problem for this team. Yeah, they snapped a four-game losing streak. Um, a lot of things worked on Monday. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that worked the most was removing Ilya Samsonov from the equation. Yeah, that was good. And then coming back against the Tampa Bay Lightning team that they've done, that's the same formula that's worked now twice mm-hmm. this season. So, honestly, I don't start him again. I, I don't know you want to make the whole game out nah, of that. No, I don't know. I, why go away from what's working, okay? Can you, can, and, like, 
there's a long time between now and playoffs, but could you imagine this happened in <laughs> April and it was just Joe Wall and it's like, I feel like you got to start Samson off. It works every time. So when is the next game against going to be a light? Well, they only have one left, I think, because yes, of the weird right. schedule. And it's the last game of the season. Of course it is. Of <laughs> so, course it is. Honestly? Sammy? <laughs> Get ready, buddy. Here's the most likely scenario is that the Leafs have everything locked up going into yep. that last game of the season. And it's, yeah, Joseph yeah. Wall getting ready for his postseason debut. Yeah. And maybe Ely Samsonov is starting that yeah. game. And Joseph Wall's like, I just want to rest up for the playoffs. Has to come into into that game and oh, get some, some action against the Lightning know. game. Who, who knows what the cap will look like at that point in time. That might be a Martin Jones start. <laughs> yeah, it's quite possible. Anyways. Uh, Leafs Senators tonight. So, so much worked on Monday. Mm, Goaltending yes. change, it definitely worked. Man, yes. third line, whoa. Whew. For the first time this season, outside of, I guess, the other Lightning game in which Matthew Nye scored two goals, that yeah. was like, oh my goodness, the conversation around Max Domi going into that game was, was yeah, yeah was, was tough. And Needed. he em- emerged with a couple of great assists and, uh, and uh, Matthew Nye's put away a couple of goals in a comeback victory despite being down 3-1 in the first period of that game. The thing that worked the most and was most integral in the comeback was Matthew Nyes. Not not shocking that Austin Matthews scored a couple of goals, but mm-hmm. Matthew Nyes fitting so seamlessly onto that top line, which again, it seems like a place that everybody should be able to fit seamlessly. It's not a place where everybody has fit seamlessly. He has. It's not surprising considering the personal relationship yeah, between train he, together. And he and Austin Matthews is being Arizona guys training together in the offseason. What are the fair expectations now for this guy who emerged in the postseason, looked for full value for the way he was being perceived despite only being a second-round pick, yep. uh, the incredible run with, with Minnesota? I mean, if he's going to stick on that top line, like what, what is fair to expect out of Matthew Nyes at the end of this year? So when I, when I think about that question, I think most people immediately go to some semblance of a stat line. They want to go. Eh, That's what I want. 25. How many goals? I don't look at it that no. way. Here's the way I look at it. I will play your game and say if he's going to be on that line all year long, you need a bare, bare, bare minimum. 20, 25 out of him if he's going to be on that line. But that's not the way I look at it. I think the way you have to look at it is the expectations for Matthew Nyes, so long as he is occupying that left line, that left wing spot on the top line, is to be undeniable. That is, that's all you need out of him. And given the other options on this team and what they've looked like, that really shouldn't be that hard. The job for Matthew Nyes is to make it so Sheldon Keefe doesn't look at him for one second and go, ah, I want Kelly Yarncrock up there. That's the job. And look, that is that is harder said than done because Sheldon Keefe loves to tinker. And for some reason, Kelly Yarncrock has his new kerfoot this year and is going to fix every problem that he, that he doesn't like on this team. But that is the goal for Matthew Nyes is to, at very first, the first step to, her, to clear is to be so undeniable that there's just no argument to be made of you coming off the line. If that works, the next step of that is, can Matthew Nyes not capital D, but lowercase d, drive his own line? Can he do that? Can you move him down in the lineup? And he is now a more fully formed mm. player and riding shotgun with those guys. It's a big a ask for it, a guy playing his first full season. But you're not, that's why, but there's a difference between asking him to do that on the second line. And if it's, you know, let's just say it's him and Domi again, because they found chemistry. To but that tr- was before Domi was playing up the middle too. Well, exactly. And if you're going to be able to play Domi up the middle with him on the left side, and I don't know, Robertson on the, the right wing there, does that not sound like a line that's very intriguing to a lot of people? Now, 
I don't want to remove knives from the top line. I'm not suggesting to do that. But if you're asking me the boxes I want him to tick, the mm. steps I want him to take this year, first, be undeniable on that line. Second, show enough that we can start to wonder about how much you can improve other parts of this team. So I don't look at it as a, you know, 25 goals, 30 assists, whatever that works out to. I don't look at it for 55 points. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as just be so steady, be so rock solid that we don't have any of these conversations. I say... Um, you want 30 goals. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I say outscore Michael Bunting. Mm. <laughs> not a not not the easiest task. Not overly difficult either, yeah. but not the easiest task. Michael Bunting was... I mean, you're not telling me I anything I don't know. Again, president of the fan club. Yeah. I am the guy who said I, we cannot take chemistry for granted with these guys. Right. Nice has some of it, clearly. And the... Let me just say this. I know I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but I feel like it has to come out of my mouth. Matthew Nye's obviously a better hockey player okay. than Michael Bunting. Yeah, I'm obviously. glad that you're you're able to concede that point. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I have yeah. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so why can't he at least match or exceed what Michael Bunting did in almost a full season uh, yeah. on that line? I mean, he's going to get power play time as well, not on the first unit necessarily, but no. second second unit as well. Like, there's no reason that he can't. You, I'm just pulling up Bunting's, uh, Bunting's numbers here and what he was able to do with this, with this Leafs team. And yeah, it's a guy who was able to contribute. I also think that part of the thing with Bunting, and this is, it's just the reality of it with Keith. Maybe you feel like it shouldn't be that may, way. Maybe you wish it wasn't. But with a guy like Keith, Nice isn't going to be stapled there the whole year. And Bunting wasn't either, even when it was going well. But, no. you know, 23 goals, 23 goals in both of his seasons yeah. with the Leafs. 63 points the first, 49 the second. Yeah, that's a, that is a totally reasonable expectation for, for Matthew Nice, especially if it's close to a full season running up top there. Perhaps Cromulent. Perhaps. Better. No, definitely better. You want Matthew Nice to be better than Cromulent. Yeah, you're right. Michael Bunting was Cromulent. Mm, a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, look what's at, the Cromulan bar then? Oh, if Callie David Arn- Camp? No, no, no. Callie Arncroft. Okay. Callie Arncroft is the, he is honestly, he's the king of Cromulant yeah. on this Leafs team. I, he had the two goals last game. I really liked him. That is the outlier. Most times you watch <laughs> Callie Arncroft and you go, mm hmm. Mm. <laughs> There's not even words that come out of your mouth when you watch Callie. You're just a lot of, mm, uh, thumbs up. A lot of that. If I could describe his game with an emoji, thumbs up. Uh, does hockey reference do the nicknames on their pages? Yes, they do. They do. Can we? The Cromulent King? I was going to say King Cromulent sounds okay, better. Yeah, it does. You're right. He's Swedish. If they have a king, do they not? Uh, Sure. I feel like they You've have. been there. I've. I've not been to Sweden. I thought, oh, yeah, you've been no. to Switzerland? Switzerland, yeah. Oh, okay. Not Sweden. All right. Well, I feel like... You've been close. I'm pretty I'm pretty certain Sweden... Like, it might be one of those fake kings, like king mm. in name only. Like, he's not making laws, but well, they just shake his hand. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's uh, the, most developed nations that have that, <laughs> like, like England, yeah, yeah, that's the way that goes. <laughs> Yeah, so good, yeah, as it should be. I know Denmark has a has a king because when Frederick Anderson right. was here, the king we have came. Verification: over. Sweden has a king. Yeah, I, f- I figured as much. As Can't in, tell you. I have any like Betty, Betty's handsome. I'll tell you that much. Like, it's pretty actually remarkable that a that a country of that magnitude has a monarch Betty's that I'm unaware Magnus, of. Actually, now that we're talking about and it, and that I like, if you told me, yeah, that his name was King Magnus, I I would have no choice but Carl to believe you. Gustav Folk, holy Hubertus. cow! Like I know nothing about the I'm Swedish sh- monarchy. This guy's got. A you know what? We're about to find out when when the Leafs go to to Sweden. Look for a at all of the games. medals on this guy's chest. He's got How a lot. How about wear a crown though? It's a great point. If you're a king, what are you doing? 
It's not, yeah, you don't wear a necklace. Okay. I mean, you can wear a necklace as well, but like, crown, like, indicates the king. mayor. The mayor of Toronto. That's gets what he a looks like. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Be better than that. All right. Man, I'm going to spend the next break looking up the Swedish monarchy. Anyways. Well, no, you need to spend the next break getting that on his hockey reference page. Oh, like, yes. that'd be our legacy. That'd be our legacy. Maybe we just have to start calling him it, and then it'll catch on. Mm-hmm. All right, well, have another two-goal game now. Na- well, no, don't, because then couldn't call him that. That's You're no longer Cromulent. No. Have a, here's what I want. Just a good, solid night of hockey where you are plus one. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That would be perfectly Cromulent. It really would. Uh, I guess the Blue Jays are just looking for some Cromulents out of Alec Manoa. Boy, this is a guy that used to be an ace, but I, I, I if he was Cromulent, if he had an... ERA plus of 100, you could expect that, or you could accept that. I can't, I know, this is just like maybe highlighting that I'm a bad baseball guy. I cannot believe you had what is an acceptable ERA plus off the top of your head. Like, I do not traffic in that stuff. ERA plus is literally 100 is league average. That's all that means. All right, well, there you go. Learn something new every day. Yeah, that's literally... Yeah, the definition of, of, of league average. So, okay, how about, how about I'll put it in these terms? Thank you. ERA of four, but making 30 starts. Nailed it. That's right. so much better in my world. Okay, so he's an unknown. He's, although I've, I've seen him on Instagram, he's posting stuff. He's doing some stuff in the community in Florida. That's good. As per his want. And guess what? This is prime, and Vlad is doing it too. Hey, look at how much I'm working out, like on my Instagram. life. Oh, yeah, like, we're only a couple of days away from seeing Vlad push over those big monster truck tires. Oh, yeah, that he, yeah. Loves he loves that. to do that. So we're seeing a lot of that from Alec Manoa. Mentioned uh, the GM meetings are happening right now in Arizona. Ross Atkins spoke yesterday about a number of different things. Uh, one of them was Alec Manoa and, and, and his outlook for next season. Uh, I do. I do feel like he has earned already the right to have a strong leg up. Uh, And I feel so good about him um, returning back to the 2021-22 version of himself that um, it's a really good starting point for us. If ever there was a time for some tough love, I thought it would have existed with Alec Manoa. And maybe something changes here. Like, I do think the Blue Jays are still going to try and acquire more pitching. You never have too much of it, despite the fact that they go into next season in a pretty envious position, enviable position, that they have four-fifths of their rotation already set in stone. Even Bowden Francis, like, you're not sitting here handing him the fifth starter job, but... No, that guy was... I mean, (laughs) yeah. The thing is, he was pretty damn good in the the multi-inning swing role relief role that he had a season ago so i don't know maybe you leave well enough alone but yeah you're right he's in the mix as well Uh, all all we've been talking for for the past two seasons of blue jays baseball is could there not just be a being like him that exists and it's here we have to give him his flowers yeah no he he was great um throughout the the course of the entire season last year and then what a luxury it is to have to have a guy that's been a top five Cy Young Award candidate just mm. sitting there as the potential fifth starter. Right. That being said, he was so bad for so long, and there were so many reasons to indicate that he would be bad and that he never got good and that yes. he gave up a million runs in the minor leagues yes. and that there was the other stuff that hasn't been explicitly said by anybody, but like enough people reporting on the exact same thing that mm-hmm. guy didn't pitch well thought he didn't deserve to be sent down when clearly the numbers indicated that he did and he pouted and took his ball and went home. But how are you not treating him, like, at the very least, like you treated Nate Pearson, where it's like, okay, man, like, you can be a major leaguer again. Go show us in Buffalo that you can do it. And then we'll call you up, like, when we need you. 
but not like out of the gate. Like he's got a leg up to crack camp as the fifth starter. That's actually a little bit shocking for me to hear that from the general manager. I'm not surprised that's the tone they're taking publicly. I think the best way for you to get the best version of Manoa is to keep things quiet this offseason. Now, would I, as Ross Atkins, be calling Alec Manoa and saying, hey, buddy, don't worry, you're our fifth starter. No, the tough love comes internally. It comes in camp. But I think that the best course of action for this Blue Jays team with that player particular is to keep things quiet. If Atkins comes out yesterday, I mean, honestly, it would seem to me a little selfish if he would have taken the tough love stance because it would have been him trying to paper over the comments he had and everybody not liking the, oh, I'm going to walk back all the stuff I said and I need to take more responsibility I think it is smart of the Blue Jays to try to keep that a quiet situation however you feel about Alec Manoa and I think we all kind of feel the same way I'm of the belief anyways that yelling and screaming at him publicly Mm. isn't going to get you the best version of that player you should take tough love internally the exact tack they took with Nate Pearson is the tack they should be taking with him but I think if you are a team and this also publicly you don't want to be seen as needing to find a fifth starter I think there's some element of a a free agency pitch Mm. there as well and also the idea of a trademark you don't want a team looking at you going we know you need this fifth starter you don't have belief in Manoa so I hope that they take the tack you say internally, but publicly, I actually think this is the way to go. No, the, the second thing you said makes the most sense is that, yeah, you're trying to temper the the free agent market and and not seem like a team that's desperate to add a starter. Yeah. And I, I still think they are a team that will add a starter. And mm-hmm. they've looked at the, apparently the very close to the top of the, the free agent starting pool with uh, the Japanese pitcher who had a pretty good year in, in, in Asia this past yeah. season who's going to be the bell of the ball here as we head towards the, the winter meetings. Apparently they're going to be involved in discussions as they usually are with the Asian players, or at yeah. least they're perceived to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I think there might be a secondary indication to the rest of that. And I'm sure Alec Manoa has lots of friends on that team and, Boy, he seemed like a very likable teammate, but also it was pretty curious the way he departed. And and if, again, the reports are true, to have a player treated, I don't know, the same way or or to, to not be given or to be given actually the benefit of the doubt where Nate Pearson wasn't, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he pouted, Nate Pearson didn't. Say what you will about Nate Pearson and the performance yeah. is the most important, but Nate Pearson never whined and said, well, you're going well, down to oh, triple A. Okay, but say what you will about Alec Manoa, but uh, Nate Pearson would have, oh, I don't know, killed for the season, like the track yeah, yeah, record but, well, that he's it's, proven. It's pro sports, though. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, no, there's something to that. But and they I kept running him out there when he was bad, too. Whole, wholeheartedly agree. I don't think the way they handled Manoa was great by any means, but I think that the... You know, it's funny, we, the the least Jays parallels, we do them all the time. It's like the mental aspect of this, like you yeah. almost have to kind of treat him like not Ilya Samsonov because you're ready to run away from him at the end of the season. But imagine if you had Ilya Samsonov and there were four or five, six years of team control left. Mm. You, the best version of this Blue Jays team still has Alec Manoa getting back to being that Cy Young guy. And even if he's the third starter on the team or whatever, that's still the best version of this. The other part of it as well is I don't think they're going to trade him. It'd make no sense to do it now. But if any team's calling you referring to him as a guy that has the leg up to the rotation as opposed to a guy who is on the outside of your org looking 
cashing in. So yeah, I, I understand what you're you're saying there. I just think that Manoa is he's a little bit of a different case in terms of what he's proven in at the big league level. Like I love the moments you've had from Pearson, but they've been moments. They haven't been a season like you had under Manoa. No, a hundred percent. I mean, he who, who didn't think that he was the guy you build your rotation around after those first two seasons in, yeah. in the major leagues. The, the the one thing that I will not hear is that oh well, you can't get him to sour on the organization. Who the hell cares? Like yeah. we've been over this. Like the the. It's, sorry, that's the way the CBA is written. It's he not the going NBA. nowhere. Yeah, it's yeah. not the NBA. Yeah. No. No. You you are allowed to 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 publicly take him to task if you believe that's in your best interest. Totally. Because he has no other way to get out of this than to pitch. And it's not like the Blue Jays are going to be. You know, they're they're going to hold him down because they don't mm. like him no. and they, they don't like his attitude. If he performs, no, he's gonna play. Well, but also I think it's just like the idea of them taking a public stance like that, like past performance, best indicator of future performance. Mm -hmm. What's the most critical they have ever been of a player on this team? I mean, pointed questions have been asked a lot of times about a lot of different players. And I understand there's almost never a time to do that, but they never have. So to take it now with a guy who is kind of at his mentally lowest, it just doesn't make any, like, I I don't disagree with the question you're asking, but I just say there's no way they would do it. I, I guess. I, I just I wonder how much of it is just talk and how much of it will be actionable. Like when we get to pitchers and catchers in February, that's all we need to know. Yep. Yeah, like if 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 they do acquire maybe not a top of the rotation uh, starter, like a guy that could be you know mm-hmm. long man out of the bullpen, but like maybe a fifth starter, and then they're still saying, well, Alec Manoa is like our fifth starter in, in pencil, like he's got the leg up. Then I'll be very yeah. dubious. Yes. And the other well, and the other problem too is that it's like you can take what you want out of spring training, right? If you've decided Alec Manoa is your fifth starter, you can explain away any bad in spring training you want and mm-hmm. pump up any good and vice versa for a Bowden Francis or whoever this mythological fifth starter is I mean, that they go out and they get. Made you say know? Kikuchi earn his fifth starter spot this past yeah. season, despite the fact they had two more years on that contract, right? Yeah, but and I Again, it's like it seems so far away now, but the the version of Manoa that is a pillar of this franchise, like it still exists, and I think that's why they just have to treat it a little differently. But I'm not banking his... on it. I'm not banking no, no, on no. it. Uh, you're right to believe yeah. that that's in. Yeah, and he had done more in those two seasons than Yusei Kikuchi had ever done, but mm-hmm. he was as bad as Yusei Kikuchi was in year one For last sure. season. For sure. Yeah, yeah. like just as bad. <laughs> uh, lastly, before we take the break, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this, but it does mm. crack me up in Major League Baseball, uh, the, the role of the third base coach. So Carlos Febles is yes. the new third base coach after leaving the Red Sox. He was there for like almost 20 years. Um, Louis Rivera retired this past season. And I think you poll a million Blue Jays fans. <laughs> and I think the uh, 999,999 yes. would say... Luis Rivera stunk. Like, he had a horrible third base coach. What a, <laughs> what is he thinking? Like, that guy, like, I, his success rate must have been 10% right. when he was waving that arm. You knew that the base runner was going to get gunned at the plate. I, I wish we had stats for these guys. Everybody hates their team's third base coach. Like, I guarantee you, Red Sox fans would say, Carlos Fernandez, yeah. he stinks. Yes. Everybody thinks they stink because you never notice when they make good sends, right? That's like, we exactly. only notice the bad sends. But I just, 
like for a sport that has stats on everything, it's how do we not have stats on this? I yeah, but I don't want the stat you want. I want the stat of like who is the wacky inflatable arm tube man? Who when they're doing the send has yeah. the most rotations oh, per second or I something know along who those sends lines? Sends the most. Like yeah. I want to know like send rate. Like do we have a really aggressive sender? Yeah, like, who's the who is the coward? Like we have our coward <laughs> yes. punt index yes. in the NFL, which is like my favorite thing to watch every every Sunday, yes. just calling out cowardly like, coaches. Yeah, this guy never gets his yeah. runners thrown out at the plate, but yeah. you know what? He never sends yeah, them. He never sent a soul either. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be me, actually. Yeah, you, I mean, oh how do you God, protect you, your job more than like, I you, n- never send anybody? It's like, you would have literally house money written on the back of your jersey. Yeah. It's like, keep it safe. <laughs> protect the job at all times. Yeah. Also, we need stats for, like, put up the stop sign, but base runner ran yeah. through the stop sign, yeah. did the send, but the base runner, like, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, I, again, Baseball, has come M- on, stat yeah. cast, give it to me. Maybe they're, maybe they're in protect the shield mode like the yeah. NHL is with their <laughs> players. It's like... Uh, Daniel Vogelbach, we can put him on blast 1,000%. To be fair, though, you got to protect that guy. <laughs> it's, it's He's an older point. guy. He's in I his know, 60s. You can't yeah. have people yelling at him. <laughs> That's so true. All right, best of luck, Carlos Febles. But I, I guarantee you, by about May, you're going to be. Yeah, but he's used to it. It's like yeah. all these guys have the exact same blame and credit pie in every city. It's just yeah, 100% true. blame. Yeah, he knows what it's like. Uh, yeah. We need Meat to- shield. It's the job, baby. <laughs> That's it. All right. We have one uh, final Toronto Argonauts playoff football giveaway for our listeners today. Saturday, November, uh, November 11th, the defending Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts, facing off against the Montreal Alouettes at BMO Field at 3 p.m. to enter for a chance to win two tickets. Check out the action. Text today's code word Grey Cup to 59590. Again, the code word is Grey Cup. Cup. Text it into 59590 right now to enter for your chance to win tickets to Saturday's game. If you don't win with us, secure your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. More details at sportsnet.ca slash 590. When we come back, Jason Bukala did a deep dive onto the Toronto Maple Leafs start in which he compared some of the core pieces to a couple of teams who are off to great starts. One of them is the defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, which you get. The other one's the team we just talked to Gabby about, his former team, the Canucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see how the least fared in that comparison next uh, as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, leave Senators tonight, 7 o'clock, Sportsnet, Ontario. And this insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Today's insider is Jason Bukla, Sportsnet NHL analyst, former director of amateur scouting with the Florida Panthers. How's it going, Jason? Good morning. Good morning, fellas. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourselves? Doing very well. I, I, I got to say, I was a little bit taken aback in, in reading your latest on Sportsnet.ca, looking at what the Maple Leafs are and aren't after 12 games, and saw you compare them, yeah, against the, the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights, but also with the Vancouver Canucks, who were off to a great start, but, like, those feel like diametrically opposed teams to, to compare them to, but, I mean, did you, do, did you come away with the idea, the impression that the Canucks are in a better spot than the Toronto Maple Leafs, who just most recently uh, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in a, in a six-game series in the postseason where the Canucks failed to make the playoffs? 
really the goal of it was to try and so it was over a, a, a segment, right? So it was over a 12 game segment. It wasn't over, you know, the win uh, over Tampa Bay, which was obviously a nice comeback, showed a lot of character with, with the group, no question. But it was really trying to show, you know, the um, the range, I guess, is the best way to put it in the results. And, um, you know, I think it served a purpose that way. You know, it it's important to understand that, um, you know, they've been kind of leaking in certain categories a little bit over the first 12 games. There's been some ebbs and flows. And I don't want to get too high, and I definitely don't want to get too low. Um, the timing of the uh, the piece, obviously, when you do a segment like that um, and they're coming off a, a big win or a comeback win, like I said, the character win, um, the, the optics can look a little bit off. But, uh, listen, Vancouver's got a lot of positive things going on. They're pulling the rope in the, in the same direction as a group. And, um, um, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, I guess I didn't help. I guess I poked the bear in a few different categories, <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, I'm just trying to be realistic. I think this is a really good team. I think that they've got a lot of positive things going on. Uh, they need some continuity and some consistency, uh, but we definitely have some holes that uh, that are going to need some attention going forward. You just mentioned a word there: continuity and consistency. I guess that's two words: continuity. Well, three if I conclude. <laughs> All right, continuity, consistency. The two words I'm going to choose to focus on here, and. You know, obviously, I think when we talk about that, we talk about that from a player performance perspective. You want the players to go out there and have some semblance of a baseline that you can expect of them. But I think a lot of times in this market, we talk about, well, I wonder how much the players look at the coach and say, is there a baseline that can be expected here? Sheldon Keefe is a a tinkerer. How much or how difficult is it for a coach who likes to do that, do you think, to kind of find a balance in that and finding some, some consistency, letting things marinate a little bit versus trying to get the best out of your team on any given night. If that means kind of juggling the lines a little bit. I think that's a great, uh, the way you explain that I think is really important. Uh, you know, uh, players, especially up front, like, like, like if you look at the forward group, um, you know, clearly we have, uh, it, you know, we've had an issue an identifiable issue, which is trying to find some secondary scoring or at least a second layer that identifies the play a certain way. And, the best way to do that, no doubt, is to keep some people together for an extended run, a period of time. And um, the players want that. All players want that. But you know, at the same time, um, you know, you know, for Sheldon, it's he's he's been looking for somebody to step up in certain categories, whether it be Bertuzzi or Domi or, you know, playing Bertuzzi with uh, you know with Matthews and, and Marner or or even playing him with uh, with Tavares and Nylander. It doesn't matter what it, it's been. Now what you found the other night, no doubt, is that, you know, let's just start at the top. Like Matthew Nyes looks like he compliments um, uh, Matthews and Marner. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've read people call it the, the Matthews penthouse, but make no mistake, like they, they benefit from a guy like Nyes as well, um, where he's a big heavy body who can extend plays along the wall and go to the net, like his goal the other night, going to the net, that was a great little, you know, tap play to himself. And, um, but let's stick with it for a while, you know, let's, let's give that a run. And um, it's going to be more difficult on the back end, clearly with injuries that they're dealing with. And then, you know, the trickle down to the goaltending, like how, how comfortable do you feel right now um, with what's going on with the goaltending? And, and my vote there is that we got to kind of um, as difficult a decision as this is uh, kind of run with wall for a little bit. Um, I didn't like the look of Samson off the other night, like his body language. 
Mm. No, it was it was awful. <laughs> and he had a great season a, a year ago, and he was in net and 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 did outplay Andre Vasilevsky over six games to get the Maple Leafs into the second round last season. But yeah, what have you done for me lately? And lately, it's like have an eight eighty save percentage, which is not great. I think to me, like the, the it's not surprising to see this, but the thing that's most stark out, out of your piece is that the secondary scoring that the Maple Leafs lack compared to those other teams, right? The Golden Knights, obviously, again, defending Stanley Cup champions, but the Canucks as well. I do wonder if you were buoyed for uh, what you saw out of that third line, that the the, the new-look third line that the Leafs trotted out uh, against the Lightning, not a, a situation where I expected Max Domi to, to be playing center uh, in Game 12 of the season, thought he was acquired specifically to play the, the role of winger, and obviously we know his defensive limitations, but... Yeah, if your your job is just to create goals out of that third line, I mean, they, they they looked dangerous in the times that they were on the ice. Do you think that that's a sustainable model? Probably not, to be honest with you. But but I would say this that um, Max, for me, was and you know when you're when you play the middle, clearly you're 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 roaming more, right? You're more engaged, generally speaking, like you're you're more active in all three zones and. Um, that was the most noticeable I've I've had Max on my radar for the for a full sixty minutes. Okay, like uh, I've noticed him a lot more that night. I liked his energy. Um, you know, I don't. You know, like last year we we uh, with Bunting when Bunting was here. Um, you know, we kind of got. I, I don't want to say tired of. I don't know. He he wore us out on on, on any given night. You know what I mean with some of the antics. Uh, Max was trying to to do some things the other night that that we're trying to he's trying to create a distraction and I get it but what I really need on Max is just to play even harder between the whistles more consistently and be more noticeable and I thought that overall he did that very well the other night but is it sustainable guys for him in the middle probably not so that's something we're gonna have to keep an eye on still going forward yeah the the other piece of the Max Domi up the middle puzzle that I've been wondering about. And I even wondered about this when they bandied about for all of six minutes, the idea of Nylander playing center is that <laughs> that's, yeah, maybe six minutes was even too long, Bukala. But the, the idea of Nick Robertson, he needs an offensive center to play on for him to have a role on this team. And I don't think the Leafs should construct their team with the sole purpose of having a spot for Nick Robertson on it. But we've seen the lack of secondary scoring on this team. Like how much of them putting Domi up the middle is just about the best way for them to maybe get that player going and have some secondary offense there because that's the problem I see with Robertson on this team is, you know, I don't think they would love him on the left side. And obviously he's not supplanting Marner or Matthews any, or, or Marner or Nylander anytime soon. So you need a kind of offensive-minded third-line center there, it feels like, for him to have a fit on this team. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And, I mean, that's where your point with Nylander and – call it six minutes i mean if you were to balance things out you know call it matthews tavares nylander down the middle now you've got you know if nylander were to play with robertson that's a more complimentary uh, pairing if you will um, play drive wise and um, there's no question i mean robertson he he needs somebody he's not a big body he's quick to space he's got a good stick he can be elusive in small areas obviously he wants to get the puck on net but he also needs somebody in the middle who's going to do some of the work for him. And um, I'm not just talking about heavy lifting. I'm talking about, you know, uh, distributing and, and, you know, somebody he can feed off of and vice versa. Um, the fit isn't perfect right now. And, and I agree with that because he's a, 
he, you know, he's he's a top six type of mindset, but he's really uh, a middle six uh, NHL player. So by finding somebody to play alongside him, it's going to be a challenge given the uh, personnel right now. Uh, that second line has generally been great. I mean, William Nylander with the, the point streak has been unbelievable, despite the fact that, yeah, that, that line maybe had its worst game of the season, honestly, on, on Monday. And Tyler Bertuzzi, he was on for both uh, goals against during the regulation portion of the game. He was minus two in that game. He's obviously been under the microscope, getting the, the $5.5 million cap hit. What have you seen from from Bertuzzi through tw- uh, 12 games as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, he's you know he's having a hard time finding um, kind of a groove, I guess is the best way to put it offensively. You know, I, I find a lot of times um, he's ahead of the play and he's 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 not you know if if the puck's not getting chipped into the offensive zone where he's got momentum where he can go down low, bang a body, and, and extend a play, um, he's kind of lost in transition when um, they have the puck and he's he's just not really involved in the offensive side of it enough. Um, but having said that, you know, I, I have broke down, and even in the story, I, I broke down a lot of tape on Bertuzzi, and he's done a lot of good, subtle things. I mean, on the uh, to the naked eye, you know, I, I, I'm seeing the same thing you guys are. I want more, so I don't want to sugarcoat it. I definitely want more. But he has played to his identity a lot of nights where other things haven't gone well around him as well. And um, I guess that would be the one. When we talk about Nick Robertson, I guess that would be the name that we should keep an eye on in terms of a fit going forward. I do want continuity, and I want a runway here with some of these guys, but if that doesn't get better, perhaps Robertson is a guy you take a look at on the left side there with Tobias and Nylander. Yeah, that'd be interesting because I was, I was even just thinking for a second there when I asked you about that of do you just flip Robertson and Nylander and let Nylander cook down there? But you do, I don't know that Robertson without Nylander is a good fit with Tavares because you still do need that bit of a puck transporter and I don't know that that's, that's necessarily him. So yeah, that, that's interesting to, to hear you bandy that about. Uh, obviously, Ottawa's coming into town tonight. They're going to be an ornery bunch. I mean, you've, you've been around this league for a long time. Do you have a few for what tonight's game could kind of be like. I mean, you've got a Leafs team that they shouldn't be feeling this way given the way that game started, but they probably feel kind of shot out of a cannon. Battle of Ontario, always a little extra ornery, but then we know all the stuff going on in Ottawa. Like, it feels like maybe maybe you feel differently, but it feels like tonight could be a, a, a little chippy, or at least Ottawa would like the game to go that way. I really feel like this tonight is uh, could springboard or continue. Like the Leafs are coming off momentum. Feel good story. You know, they, they persevered the other night, did a lot of good things. Uh, obviously, the comeback feels good. Ottawa, a lot of noise. I mean, geez, just a lot of noise, period, to start the season. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 need, they need this win, and the Leafs need to, uh, like we're talking about, they're looking to sustain something here. So, um, this is an interesting matchup, an early season matchup. I get it. And we're, you know, we're like, what, like game 13 or whatever. I, haven't, I don't know what Ottawa's in yet, but um, this is really important. I feel like this, like the coach could be on the hook in Ottawa. Ottawa, you know, the, the captain was uh, was a little angered by the reaction by the fan base. Uh, you know, so they need to put up or shut up. Ottawa on their side, the Leafs are looking to uh, push forward with uh, some continuation from the back half of the game the other night. Um, this is an important, uh, important contest tonight. Yeah, it is. Um, and if it's a close game, it does feel like uh, you won't see Ryan Reeves in the third period, who's just he's, he's, he's lost that role. And 
I, I mean, maybe there comes a time where the Leafs have cap space that they can have him uh, not dressed for a hockey game. That That's not the case right now, so he has to be on the ice. Like, do, do you almost feel for Sheldon Keefe here that, like, he's been given this thing and, and this guy has utility, especially over the course of an 82-game regular season? And even Brad for living, I'm sure, expected there to be moments where he was a healthy scratch. And and part of it is also bad luck that he he's not been awful in all the, the goals against that he's been on the ice for. But, man, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a lot, Jason. Yeah, like, he's had some horrible puck luck, guys. Like, honestly, you know, like the goal the other night and, you know, against Buffalo, and, and, and you know, I mentioned it there in the story, but, I mean, it's it's pretty much going either high and wide, hits off tuck shoulder, <laughs> goes in the net. I mean, you know, it's it's like when it rains, it pours sometimes for guys with puck luck. Um, you know, Reeves has a role. I get it. He's absolutely intimidating. He's a great uh, person to have in the room, uh, leadership. But, you know, all these qualities, uh, gregarious personality, I get it. But, I mean, honestly, he's a bit part, right? And, and in a perfect world, you guys, we all agree. We're all hitting on the same thing. In a perfect world, if there's calf space, he's an in-and-out guy. He's a matchup guy, depending on the opponent. Are you on the road? Are you at home? You know, are you in Vegas, whereas you're going to – you know, you know that they're going to play a heavy, hard game, you know, Dallas, whatever the case may be. And um, it's just, it's tough. Like the other night, obviously, like he's at around seven minutes and 50 seconds a night trending down, um, but he's playing to his identity. Uh, it is what it is. I don't know how else to put it to you guys. It just, it just is what it is, but it's a situational player. Um, I believe that if circumstance uh, was, was better money-wise, that he'd be an in and out guy and that would be okay. Yeah, let's talk about the polar opposite of that when it comes to a Leafs perspective. Austin Matthews, uh, not a bit player, not in and out, uh, in all the time. The puck going in the net, it seems for him this year. I mean, he's had special runs. He started his career. I feel like sometimes we forget to mention that with a four with a four goal game, but it feels to me like maybe this is the best we've we've ever seen him. What are you seeing out of Matthews right now? And, you know, somebody like yourself, we all know he has 13 goals, but what else are you seeing out of Matthews game? His entire game over the last two years has gone to a different level in a whole whack of categories. We know he's a goal scorer. We know what he is. Like to the again, to the naked eye, to the fan, you look at him, you expect him to score goals, he'll bring you out of your seat. You 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 appreciate that stuff. But let's talk about the physicality too. Like, you know, twenty hits. I think he's uh, second on the least, if I'm not mistaken, on hits. You know, he's blocking shots, he's winning more draws than he loses. Like all of the details of this this guy's game has gone to another level. This is a superstar. Like we're lucky to have him in this market. Um, you know, he he's he's way more than a goal scorer, guys. You know, now he's killing penalties on top of on top of everything. So it's um, I'm not going to call him a complete player yet, but let's just say he's trending more and more that way. And um, I mean, I just. Uh, it's elite what he does offensively, but as a scout, as somebody who watches a whole bunch of other things, the way he's elevated the rest of it, I think it's been really impressive. Yeah, but only two goals on Monday. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ben wanted that hat trick. It was so before bad. the halfway point in the in the game. I I thought for sure the Leafs were gonna get a, a chance to shoot on an empty net there, and I was, Jason, I was excited to see what kind of passes they were trying to feed to to Matthews to try and get him an opportunity to that, that empty net. But nothing, yeah. nothing will ever match them trying to get him to sixty that year. It was like they wanted that thing over with so bad. It was like everyone was excited for him to get to sixty, yeah. but it was like let's get this behind yeah, us because yeah, the feeding him there that yeah. was. Uh, exceptional yeah yeah uh, and then who wouldn't uh, bank on him scoring tonight uh against 
his uh, provincial rival. Uh, Jason, always appreciate the time. Really enjoyed uh, reading the piece on sportsnet.ca. Thanks for this, man. Hey, no problem, guys. Have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. You too, Jason. Jason Bukula, Sportsnet NHL analyst, former director of amateur scouting with the Florida Panthers, and he was our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's great to get, like, a you know, trained set of eyes yes. watching the, yes. the, the intricacies and, like, Rewatching the intricacies of a 60-minute hockey game like Jason gave us. Yeah, it was, it was really, really nice to hear. And, hey, I'm happy to hear he pointed out the the stuff about Bertuzzi. Like, I think it's good to see that there's underlying things that someone like Bukla sees that maybe a player can kind of come out of it because, you know, he pointed out, he's seeing all the same things you're seeing too, but there's been uh, some underlying things there. Would love, love, love for him to turn it around. And honestly, he does... He does feel like he just needs a moment that that one player like something going off his butt just hit somebody do do something have he has him, two and, goals. and again it's been a while since we've seen them tonight feels like just a perfect game for him I think Ottawa is going to come in they're going to want to make it chippy they're going to want to make it nasty and he doesn't need to go fight anybody I'm not calling for that but it's just for a player who seems to be a touch on the periphery at times this year get sucked into it. I, I wouldn't expect anything other if, if it is the kind of chippy, nasty game that I, I think it might be. Kachuk's going to come in, be in a bad mood. Oh, yeah. He's going to go sit on wall in the in the first couple minutes of this game. Yeah, it's going to be going to be ornery tonight. Yeah, the Leafs after the discourse after the Bruins game didn't exactly come out with the most physical <laughs> affair, but they no. don't necessarily have the personnel to do it. Like Brady Kachuk... Yeah. After everything that happened on Saturday, and by the way, thanks to Steph for texting in. Hi, gents. Sense fans uh, here. I appreciate Brady every day, but the booing is mostly directed to DJ Smith, not the players. We want defensive structure. It's been four and a half years. Enough is enough. Lots of key injuries and Pinto suspension, but we are sick of it. I get it. Listen, yeah. I obviously sympathize with the fans. Like you, just, yeah. Again, you look at hockey team not performing. Hockey team hasn't been in the Boom. playoffs. Yeah, in, not that complicated. It's 2017. Yeah, boo, boo, boo. Um, I get it. But that being said, yeah, Brady Kachuk seems like the type of, the type of character have a physical, like if he's not on the score sheet early and it's maybe both. Yeah. But like, yeah, uh, getting into it physically with uh, a, a Toronto Maple Leafs I team think, tonight. I think it was the Red Wings. The It doesn't really matter who the team was. He, he challenged the whole team's bench la- last year, okay, mm-hmm. as a 22-year-old or 23-year-old, whatever he is in this league. Yeah, yeah he's that he's that dude. And if he feels that that is what the Sens need tonight, and, hey, uh, I, it should be re- – we should remind people that typically the Sens team hasn't needed that against the Leafs. They always play great against this iteration uh, of a Leafs even team for the bad. most part. Even when they're bad. Almost, especially when they're well, bad. I mean, they've, been they've always been bad. So pretty it's, bad. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty par for the course <laughs> there, but – but, yeah, I expect this to be a, a sense team that plays with a ton of energy and vim and vigor and all that, and there's no reason the Leafs can't match it, but it's that, that's kind of been the challenge for them this year is to match that this year. So maybe it's it's actually the perfect game for them. Yeah. And we'll and, be there. And Yeah, we will be there. And, again, it's like it's a double-edged thing because, like, they know the thing that we know, that it's only the playoffs that matters for mm-hmm. this team. But there are 82 games still to play, and they're going to be in the playoffs. So, yeah, you you do you you juggle a couple of different thoughts in your head, but mm-hmm. yeah, especially early in the season because you know lasting impressions can be made, especially if you're a new guy joining a new team, mm-hmm. trying to add a component to a team that it didn't have in in previous iterations. Yep, can you at least like in game twelve 13. look like you, I know I'm talking oh, about right. <laughs> Monday? <laughs> like, can you at least look like? Yeah, it's, you know, 
not that it's the playoffs, but mm-hmm. like, oh, that you're engaged and like these games matter to you emotionally and you, you don't like where the narrative is going. I don't need it in game 50 when you're well into a playoff spot in the Atlantic division. Then like, go ahead. We can have the conversation and you sound like an idiot if you're like, oh, the Leafs are, you know, in second in the yeah. Atlantic division and they have a stinker against whoever it is right. and don't look, but yeah, can you at least, you know, when the spotlight is on you early in the mm-hmm. season, can 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 you feel like it's a little more high-intensity regular season game? Yeah, and all the uh, goodwill you built up with the games that, quite frankly, you probably shouldn't have been winning, the, those have evaporated. So you also just need, you know, the yeah, points. Yeah, true. The yeah. points. Yeah. It's about the money. It's yeah. about the points and the standings. <laughs> oh, yeah, the finger thing. The finger thing, thing means the standings. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be there again tonight trying to run our record to, to tune Leafs and Senators. But if they lose, it's not our fault. Uh, yeah, probably. Somebody else. Uh, all right. This has been the Fan Morning Show. Sports at 590. The Fan, Ben Annis, Frank County. Good, Good morning. morning.